Is economic growth possible? And if it is possible, is it desirable? There are a lot of environmentalists who think that, if not the root of all evil, economic growth is the root of quite a lot of evil, and that it's going to be the undoing of us humans. That we have to get off the economic growth bandwagon, we have to abandon the idea that we're going to be able to consume ever more of the planet's limited resources. And uh, this requires a huge change in the way we design economies and in the way we think about the prospects for our grandchildren. There's no optimism in this view because there's no belief in the central feature of the Enlightenment and the idea which motivates almost all economic policy now. These environmentalists don't believe that progress is infinitely possible. They see the world as very finite. And what's got to say, they've got a point. If you look at the way we live our lives now, if you look at what's going on in terms of the huge borrowings, the quantitative easing, the great dash to increase demand, to increase consumption, to increase economic growth, and set that against the great challenges of our time, climate change, biodiversity loss, and uh, the wanton and often willful destruction of our natural environment, you have to say, is this really a good idea? Isn't this all going to end really very badly? The Earth's natural resources are limited, and although we can get more out of those resources, in the end, there's a kind of Malthusian logic out there which says that our environment will eventually bite back. Nature will get its own way in the end, and we humans and our human civilization will pay the price. But hang on a minute. This, I think, combines two ideas, uh, which are indeed and always separate. One is the idea that more consumption is necessarily a good idea, and the higher the consumption, the better. And the idea that progress itself has run out of steam or is indeed not even desirable. So what really causes economic growth? What do people think is the fundamentals behind the advance of us, our civilization, and our lifestyles? And the answer to that is in one sense very simple. It is ideas and technologies. The reason why I'm better off now than I was when I started out as a student is that I no longer have to rely on a typewriter, Tipex and carbon paper. The services of the world are no longer run by armies of typists in boring jobs. And usually, yes, they were women. Now, instead of my typewriter, my Tipex and my carbon paper, what I have is an incredibly sophisticated computer in the small object, which is my phone, in my iPad, and on my laptop. That is the product of ideas, of human ingenuity, which brings forward new possibilities. And although there are many th reasons why 
the modern internet and social media and so on may have undesirable side effects, I think it's pretty ambiguously the case that we're better off. Or take another example of the progress of ideas and how that leads to the expansion of possibilities for us humans. It took a matter of days for scientists in Oxford to be able to look at the genetic characteristics of the coronavirus, sort them out and design a vaccine. And that vaccine is saving tens, if not hundreds of thousands of lives already. That's progress. That is part and parcel of our advance away from a world where we really could do not much about disease, infections, pandemics and so on, and where children had a pretty high chance of not making it to adulthood and many children died prematurely and early from diseases which we now think are curable. So it's not true that progress is impossible and it's not true that progress and the growth in our possibilities that it makes possible is a bad thing. It really is a very good idea. So how do we reconcile these ideas of environmentalists about the finite nature of our planet, about the consequences of ever more consumption and all those attempts to boost consumption by massive state and private borrowing, mortgaging our future? How do we square that with the fundamental advance of science, of ideas, of technology? Well, the answer is in the terms sustainable economic growth. What we need is a consumption path which internalises and take account of all the environmental impacts of the stuff we do. It must be after we paid as polluters the price of carbon and the price of all the other pollution that we cause. It has to be after we have maintained our natural capital stocks intact, done the proper capital maintenance, had done the equivalent to the environment of fixing the potholes in the road. It's only when we discharge those duties and responsibilities and pay for the pollution we cause that we're left with the money that's available for us to spend or save and invest. And that level of consumption is quite a lot lower than the current level of consumption. We are all living beyond our environmental means. And squaring the circle between the concerns of the limits of our natural environment and the growth of our ideas and technology requires a substantive rebasing of consumption to that level, which lives within our environmental means. And then its continued growth driven forward by new ideas, new technologies, which are coming thick and fast. So yes, we can have economic growth, but only sustainable growth, which has taken into account the environmental constraints and taken seriously uh, our need to live within our environmental means. That's how we square the debate between the environmentalists who have very good points to make about our current ways of living and the optimism of the Enlightenment, the advance of science, the power of ideas and the possibilities that we have to come. And after all, 
it's very unlikely we're going to crack either climate change or biodiversity loss without some new ideas, some new technology to help along the existing ones. Thank you.